Thank you for listening to the Spare Change Podcast. Finance knows no limits. Yesterday, I talked to Dorian Jones of Team Reinvented Gaming Podcast. We discussed some financial issues in the way that we educate those who are just getting started in a career or just getting started earning money and how those problems can be solved just by a change of perspective. So I remember in the Marine Corps, we used to work together, if people don't know. Um, and you, you, you did talk about finance. I remember in the shop and everything like that, like you had some your opinions on finance and like whatever finance came to the conversation, I was here interjecting everything. So tell me about like, where did your interest in finance begin? So and or why? From a very basic level, my concerns with finance and becoming more proficient in that area really started like at a childhood level. My parents were on, on the appearance level, good with money. We had things that you would expect people who were doing pretty well for themselves to have. I'm talking multiple vehicles, a pool, a boat. Those things weren't bought with money that they had. So if you can imagine the average everyday family, and then you add maxed out lines of credit and gross overspending to that situation with a family of five, you got three kids under the house and all that they really have is junk food and minimal uh, resources available. And is, and you, you just fuel a situation that inevitably led to what happened, which is finances weren't good. There were things causing more and more difficulty in the relationship between parents. Eventually that turned into a divorce and, and a split family situation. So I've always had it in me to want to do better than my examples. Yeah. And I, I think, I, I think a lot of people are probably in your shoes. Um, you see, you see what's going on. You, you want to do the opposite of what you were taught and or saw, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, no, that was okay. Probably the perfect point too. No, yeah. So it seems like okay, that's all that rhetoric of we. You see the American dream unfolding in front of you, to say the least, right? And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. So you get into finance, and I meant to ask you, do you have a degree in finance right now, or anything? Or do you? No, have- no degrees. I I do have access to the GI Bill. Um, and, and my, my full benefits are still a thing that I can utilize in the future. Um, I I intend to, but mostly for right now is vocational training and learning the craft of what it is to be a financial advisor. Okay. So I've been looking at your Facebook and seeing what you're doing. So you went to Milcon 2022 until that's it, right? Was it, is it Milcon? Yeah. So Milcon, Milcon, I'm sorry. The, the organizer is Lacey Lankford, and she runs a separate podcast called The Military Money Show, and it's sponsored by Navy Federal or USAA, I can't remember, I think USAA primarily, but also like partnered with Navy Federal in order to provide financial knowledge, resources, and not so much the advisory piece, that's, that's kind of separate from what they do, but just pushing as much information to the general public as possible regarding finances. Okay. What makes MilCon, Mil MoneyCon, 
different than every any other finance financial networking event you can go to like what did you learn there and why did you choose that one out of out of others is it because it's military based like you know you can be around people that are also veterans or is this or do they offer something that's different like like what did you take away from that convention right so the the perspective here is to bring together people from the financial industry people from different levels of entrepreneurship and business ownership, people with military experiences in those organizations. And additionally, there's a large group for social media advocacy for the same things. The difference here is when you go to other financial conferences, you're, you're looking at folks who are within primarily only the financial industry. This... Okay. And I think the main goal, main objective of everything that was discussed here over the past three days was to develop a more connected, integrated format for financial professionals that work with the military specifically and work with veterans, vet spouses, and the military community at large on improving their situation, whether it be, I'm trying to start a business. I have no idea what to do. Uh, I am struggling financially and I, I, I really don't understand any of the terms or like, how can I progress financially when mm-hmm. I just got out of a career field where I am capped to a five figure salary and my housing and my food and everything that I'm supposed to be paying for when I get out is already taken care of on the front end. And I don't see that income. Th- those kinds of issues at large are what is trying to be tackled here. So preventing people from having to dig for the resource, preventing people from having to feel like they're lost and they have no support. Okay. So it seems like a collective of people that you can just go to with pretty much any financial issue or problem that you have and see what knowledge you can get to help you through that, through that situation. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Been so, super busy learning for sure. No, that, that's legit. That's legit. Finances is a funny thing in 2022, man. Like there, there's so much going on between entrepreneurship and the rhetoric that's being spewed by these different people so like what are you okay so what are your thoughts on like people like grant cardone you know i'm pretty sure you know who grant cardone is right right uh so like, i'm aware what, what, and that's that's like that that scope of things it falls within real estate investing producing passive income those topics were covered um specifically there was there was this former staff sergeant and he had a business that he started as a sergeant utilizing VA benefits, talking about VA home loan and he would house hack and utilize his resources to like for the turn like turn, like not even necessarily houses. He would turn duplexes, mm-hmm. multiple rooms, say he, he would pick up a, five-room duplex he would live on the couch rent all of the living space 
And since it's his permanent place of residence and he lives there, he's not in violation of any rules or regulations related to home loan and home ownership for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. And he's pocketing his BAH, renting out the space to other folks and putting himself in position to repeat the process. Yeah. Yeah. I, so get I think, it. I think Grant Cardone's along the same levels, but it's not the same as the advantages of doing it in the military with a set income. Yeah. And a math problem to solve rather than a business problem. Yeah. That so, yeah, that does make sense. That does make sense. So what I wanted to allude here was, do you think somebody like that is doing more harm than good? Because like, I, I think that a lot of entrepreneurship financial advice is not, I'm gonna say not good for the average person, if that makes sense. I think some of these influencers are influencers and in the, the, I that they don't believe what they're saying, but I feel like they are saying stuff that a true financial financial literate person or somebody who actually studies finances, economics and or microeconomics or macro will probably disagree with and say, hey, for the average person, this may not work. This, this risk to reward factor is too high, too much margin for the average person to take. So I don't know, what are your thoughts on like the, the advice given out by these financial influencers on social media? So do you think it's good or do you think it's bad? When when you take Rod and and I mean at the at the lowest level, when you take information that someone's putting out on a social network, that information has no responsibility to be true. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm not going to speak to specific individuals and what's morally wrong or right in their business. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be inflammatory about it, but the, the practices that you see sometimes can be misleading okay. or, or not all the information is there. So okay. a lot of, a lot of what the perspective that I have is always, always do research, always know what you're getting yourself into and take time to speak to professionals who have been in the industry you're trying to set yourself up in for Mm -hmm. years or someone who can explain in detail what the ramifications of your choices are going to be. So if you tell just random people, Hey, here's how you're going to make your first million. And then you tell them to take on massive amounts of debt, but they don't know how to utilize the overhead, leverage the debt, and turn it into the income you're just telling people don't rent buy a house and flip it like that that is such minimal advice that in in those short form deliveries when you have less than a minute in front of the person you're trying to educate and you just shoot an idea off yeah and they go and try to execute there Mm -hmm. there are not only bound to be flaws the flaws are going to be numerous that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, and that's why you, you're saying, like, if you're going to, if you like something, a financial guru, it says online, and you're like, hey, this might be a good idea for me, like, bounce it off other people first. Or not other people, but, like, bounce it off professionals as well and get get different perspectives to the 
achievement you're trying to accomplish before you just take someone's word because that's really that's really interesting you said that too like they only sometimes dispute this information in such a short amount of time that yeah they say the key principles but they don't like they don't explain how to execute on them and execution really is um the points of it also um, a lot of the time those those people that are saying hey i i'm your beacon of light i am the hub for all advice you need to know about real estate investments and then they're like the upfront cost for my knowledge and my course is going to be multi-thousands of dollars like the crowd they're preaching to and the crowd they're trying to sell to might not be the same person if that makes sense yeah yeah because them yeah that does make sense because I, th- I think it, I, so to circle back real quick, that probably, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because the people that will be paying a couple of thousands of dollars or the people that will probably afford to, if they can afford to, that means they probably have enough financial literacy to understand that they need to move forward with the, with all the models in order. Um, nice. And, yeah. So it's 2022. What do you think then? This, this is going to be a, kind of a generic question, but it's kind of straightforward, right? What do you think the number one, like, financial literacy topic that needs I'm my words are excuse me what do you think is the number one like financial literacy topic or principle that needs to be discussed in 2022 or the principle that you think that's already discussed that is misleading or not entirely correct it's kind of a loaded question so at, at large um a big a big part of the reason that I was even able to come into this conference. Um, my, mm-hmm. my first episode for this podcast, I interviewed this guy, Brandon Childers, to explain yeah. his background. Military guy, got out as an E3, was doing like crew chief for Hueys, like just it's, it's helicopters. wrecking house like, and for, for, shooting it. machine guns out of a helicopter door, those kinds of things. He leaves the Marine Corps, utilizes the GI Bill to become a psychology major, mm-hmm. and then takes those skills, analyzing the the mental aspects of what what is his target audience, and it is it is that crowd of entry level professionals who get thrown an income, but don't get educated on how to maximize the potential of their earnings. So you, you give someone a salary of 30 to $50,000. That's, that's your median income is like, I would say $35,000 median income these days. Okay. And then you don't teach them the financial tools they need to use in the situations that they're inevitably going to face, i.e., Jobs don't last forever. Mm-hmm. If they do last, there's going to be an impact where some of your earnings have to be utilized to prevent damage, i.e. a loss of a family member could occur. You could lose your car in a car accident and now you've got to buy a new one. You could have your wages garnished or in a military instance, your wages uh, could, could be cut based on a performance issue. I guess in a more general aspect, you could be laid off. 
think things could happen where that revenue stream that you were so dependent on then ceases to be as consistent or goes away altogether. How are you going to give someone a salary and then not provide them the tools that they need? That is the, that is the financial problem. So basically how I'm going to word this is I'm going to talk about the problems up front and then I'm going to go into the actions that we can use to resolve those problems. And then we'll talk about the resolution and what the results look like in the end and what our goal is ultimately. Yeah. So So, before you go there, so you're saying that the number one issue in current in in 2022 in current society is that people who are presumably younger, like 18, 19, 20, getting a, a large quotation, a large amount of money for the first time and not knowing you're not having enough financial literacy or um to to handle it well is what you're saying that is what needs to Correct. be taught currently um it was, that is what's undertaught in current society to to people and, and it's not just military right you think you're saying military and or the general public uh, absolutely like, I, I think it's a, i think it's a greater issue at large and you spoke to the age range of 18 to 20 sure that's that's the target audience but it can be broader i I say personally i say 18 to 35 wow there there are people far older than your entry-level positions that still struggle financially because they weren't taught when they were young yeah and then they have kids and they teach them wrong in a cycle and and i was the blinding the blind okay so So, i don't want you yeah no you you, you could go into yeah if you i I don't want you to go too deep down that rabbit hole currently um yeah i don't want i don't want to go too deep into it right now um you you you, you could you could talk about it i'm not gonna hold you back i'm talking about it i mean you say what you say what you want to say um but then I, i'll interject if i if i need to if i have any follow-up questions so 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 what's the so that's the problem so Correct. what do you think the solution is and what is a solution that you think so as far as solution actions and steps that we can take if you introduce the concept of maybe not so much how do you put away a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or target values in instead of saying hey here's this car loan or here here's this home loan and then not teaching those people how to deal with those financial circumstances instead what if we started with positive reinforcements to build confidence financially right okay so say we teach someone with a basic budgeting tool numbers that they can use to move forward and not put themselves at it much risk as they have been previously so They receive a daily, weekly, monthly budget goal. Mm-hmm. Whether they meet it or not, agnostic to what the what the targeting is. The more you make people financially aware of how they can be more effective in saving, investing, and, and producing a nest egg. Yeah then you can reward them for those behaviors, those 
internalized processes where they commit to something and, mm-hmm. and those habits that they form. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if like they see the fruits of the labor. Because if you budget right. correctly, you'd be like, wow, it's not in the month. I actually have money, which is crazy. That could be $1, mm-hmm. that could be 100 But to somebody who's constantly overdrafting or somebody who, who, who's really in that struggle, when you're that low, the only way to go is up. You know what I'm saying? So, and and like, here's how you incentivize it, right? Okay. So now, now that we've laid out the basic concept, we, we give them goals. Let's say Dorian Jones or mm-hmm. Dawson Black, they have been utilizing our budget strategy. And now for this week, they have made a budget and they have saved X amount of money mm-hmm. or they have met their budgetary goal five out of seven days, four mm-hmm. out of seven days. And then you provide either a dividend as a reward where it's like, here's $50 because you made your budget goal six out of seven days. Interesting. Or here's, here's a badge that you can rock at our next event, or here's, here's some free swag because you met budgetary goals consistently enough that we feel we should reward you X, Y, Z. And that's, that's pennies on the dollar compared to the spend plans that we currently have to provide financial resources. And it incentivizes the continuation of a growth mindset and financial awareness and how to prevent an issue before it starts. Yeah, that that's interesting. Never heard of that before. I never heard of, let me give you money for managing your money well, right? Um, you see that in like stocks, Versus taking away but... money for mismanagement of funds. Yeah. You overdraft your account and then they fee you. How, how does that feel, Vice, when you save six out of seven days a week and you're not spending your $18 at McDonald's yeah. every day and then you gain money? Yeah, so- I'd, so at what point does like, do you think it could ever turn into, hey, like, okay, I'm managing my money well. I know that if I hit five out of seven days, I'm going to get $50. And then uh, the next two days, whatever, screw it. I don't care. Do you think people could start managing money well only for the incentive rather than the actual act of learning the value and actually becoming resourceful? Like, do you think that's a, do you see that's a problem? So even, even if they are initially taking money, setting it aside and not spending it the way they have been to receive that goal. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean that they're not still saving that money or, or still producing those results that they otherwise wouldn't be financially if it wasn't for the implementation of a program like that. Okay. Um, and, yeah. and the concept at large, we'll, we'll put a title to it because this is what I talked to Brandon Childers about in my first episode is gamified finance, gamified budgeting. Mm-hmm. When you turn something into a game and you provide an incentive rather than the methods of punishing someone mm-hmm. for doing things the wrong way, which yeah. is often the mindset of capitalist America and the military industry where it's like, oh, you're not doing well. So we're just going to punish you for that. Mm-hmm. When you turn that on its head, I think it's a more productive concept. And I think a lot of people would agree 
It's just a matter of implementation. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. That, no, that's that, that's my interesting concept. So your solution. So what's your? So do you have? I know you have the Spare Change podcast, but are you working on it? Are you working on an app? Are you working on some piece of technology? Or are you working on a system to do this? Like, like what's going so on? This this is where I will uh, act as a advertising mechanism. So I, I okay, you probably gonna say what I think in a second. You're gonna bring it up. So I, I I can show you the app that someone else, Brandon Childers, the guy I keep bringing up. Okay. So, and, and I invite anyone, military or non-military, to follow this path and at least utilize the tool. So. Mm-hmm. It's called Freelance Corporal. Okay. And what it does is it turns budgeting into not so much a nightmare perspective. Um, this, is, this is what it's going to look like if I can put it in front of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Catch some of it. Okay. It's probably so, mirrored right now, but F-R-E-E-L-C-P-L. And okay. you can find it in the app store or you can type in F-R-E-E-L-C-P-L dot com and you'll get right to where you need to be to at least see and understand what's going on there um okay and that app um it, it, it does what you describe positive reinforcement through, right. through its methods and and all that okay it's not it, it's not a one-on-one solution the thing that puts it out in the front line and really separates it from everything else is it's a social concept where you have other people that are all doing the same thing and working towards that common goal. Okay. So the, the, the baseline concepts, I'm not going to dive too far in the weeds, but if we could implement something like that or that at a greater scale and introduce more and more people to it, I think it would be beyond beneficial to the communities we're trying to reach. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, you, you, you know who Dave Ramsey is, I assume, right? I do, yeah. So Dave Ramsey talks about uh, how money, is, it's a behavioral science. So um, you, but also I also listened to uh, Brandon. He talked one time as well. He said the same thing, like, you know, he has a degree in, in uh, psychology. So money is behavioral science. And I'm seeing a lot of, reinforcement behind that thought between what you're saying what Dave is saying even what Brandon is saying and I think if a lot of people understood that money really is behavioral and not just a math equation um it, I, I think a lot of good would come out of that but yeah that's a very interesting concept the positive reinforcement through money um to to help people that that's that's interesting I know we can't go into too too much detail down that rabbit hole right. um right now but thank you for, for bringing that to my attention I I haven't thought about that. I never heard about that theory before at all. And yeah, if that does get implemented on a greater scale, um, th- a lot of good can come out of that, I think. So we have, you know, we're pushing the end time of about like five minutes left. So I'm gonna hit you with two more questions. My first question is, where can people find you if they wanna connect with you? If, they, if people have the same thought process and the same values of you like where can they find you so my my at is going to be spare capital s underscore change capital c underscore podcast capital p 
And you can find me on Instagram with that. You can follow the link tree. It'll push you to my Spotify, my Anchor, my Apple Podcasts, all of, all of those directories. Additionally, YouTube, where I'll post videos of the conversations that I'm having. I'm still working out the kinks with becoming regularly scheduled and actually putting out more and more content. But the things that I've learned here are definitely going to help in producing a more forward thinking and producing a more responsible role in this environment and at least trying my absolute hardest to push out the knowledge that I'm going to retain. Nice. Nice. And my last question is what I ask everybody, how do you want to reinvent your industry? So if I was to sum it up in a way that I would say it more than once. Okay. The way to reinvent the financial industry is to start from the ground up. And, and that means more than one thing. That means you need to find your clients where they are. You need to, whether they're clients or people you're discussing the issues that they're having with, you're, you're not going to find someone who's struggling with money necessarily in a financial conference or in the comments of a page discussing finances every day. Those folks are in places where they're, they're seeking to get out of a situation. They're, they're running from something. They're not in a position to discuss their earning power or discuss their financial plan. They're dealing with things like massive credit debt, college and student loans. They're, they're dealing with a car that they can't pay for because they got assigned a 26% APR rate and, and they have no way out of these predatory situations. Those people are the people who need it the most. So I would say start from the ground up. Also start from the ground up because the way that finances work right now, it's a very dog eat dog world. And the cost that it's currently taking to receive the financial information and financial knowledge that should already be readily available, the cost that it takes those people to reach someone who can help them is a huge problem. So if you can do as much, I wouldn't say not for profit, but work that doesn't cost the client initially and, and building the relationship and building the confidence to where they can afford to say, okay, this is where I'm investing now. This is where I've saved my money and I want to do something with it. If you can build them to that point, sure, absolutely. You can begin the thought of, hey, well, I offer additional financial services. I can, I can help you invest here, here, and here. You can have those further discussions. But if they can't even have that discussion and they're looking at massive debt that they'll not be able to recover from, th there needs to be a different discussion had. And that's why I say start from the ground up. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, everything said was definitely was, was, was amazing. was amazing. You definitely offered a perspective 
to money that I haven't heard before, the, the, the positive reinforcement. And I think you're correct that if that does get implemented in the way that we know um, would touch a lot of people, that a lot of good could happen and that could really shape the financial industry as a whole and start putting, putting us in the right direction as the average Americans. Thank you for listening to Spare Change Podcast. Please follow, share, and remember, finance knows no limits.